Good afternoon, everyone. It's a great privilege for me to be with you once again. Um, I thought I'm going to preach in Afrikaans, <laughs> but uh, I prepared my sermon in Afrikaans, then I didn't realize you, you changed to English, but that's okay, um, because I always preach in English then uh, at Birchley. So just warm greetings from Roxanne that you know, and Nicholas is a bit sick. He's got a fever, so they couldn't come with, but uh, uh, she sends a, a greetings uh, to us all. All right, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. You can open your Bibles to Matthew 7, 7 to 11. But before we read, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we praise and thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for these promises that we're going to read now in your word. And Father, we pray that you will all make us people of prayer, that persevere in prayer and praying for the things that, is, um, the things that are on your heart. Father, we pray that um, Christ will be exalted. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we're reading from Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? This is the Word of God. Now there are some uh, Christians and some circles that don't believe that you have to pray because they believe that uh, God is sovereign and God is sovereign over everything that happens. And... The 1689 Baptist Confession talks about the decrees of God. God decrees what will happen, what will come to pass, and that is all true. And therefore, some Christians make the mistake and think, what will happen, what will happen, and therefore, they neglect their times of prayer with God. Because they say, God is sovereign, God is in control of everything anyway, so why do we need to pray? That's the kind of mindset that some people have, which is obviously not what God wants uh, us to do as Christians. Um, if God is sovereign and in control over everything that happens in the universe, in this earth, um, if it is true that God is sovereign, you may sometimes, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but think, why should we pray? Because what God has decided will happen, will happen. Um, Prayer is not needed. Uh, but even though God is sovereign, and even though God has decreed all things uh, that will come to pass, uh, the salvation of His people, um, the second coming, and all the things that will happen from day to day, all that, even though God is sovereign, God has decided to use the prayers of His people and the preaching of His gospel to accomplish His decrees and His will. 
And that's the thing that some people don't understand. God has decreed that we pray and that we will get answers to our prayers um, as we pray for, for things that are according to His will. Um, and we see this point over and over in the Bible. God accomplishes, accomplishes His purposes through the preaching of the gospel, through us sharing the Word of God, and through us praying for things to happen. And that is the whole point of Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. The point in this passage is that prayer must be continuous, and he who prays must persevere in prayer. Um, in verse 8, we read that, verse 7 it says, Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. Now if you look in the Greek, it actually is in the participle tense, which means it's in the continuous tense. It would be appropriate and right to translate he who everyone asking will receive, everyone seeking will find, everyone knocking, the door will be open. In other words, uh, these commands that Jesus gave His church should, con should happen continually. It's not a once-off thing. It's a continuous thing that must happen, asking, seeking, and knocking, which all refer, I believe, primarily to prayer. And it must be continuous. It's in the active tense as well that emphasizes the fact that prayer must continually happening. And I'm very glad when I spoke to Ivor the other time. I know your church is a church that pr prays a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. And I want to encourage you to keep on praying. Because as we pray, things happen and God answers our prayers continuously. We see this command to pray all over through the Scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 18, Jesus told a parable. Uh, it starts like this. Jesus told this parable to them to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I'm not going to read that whole parable. Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says, Be constant in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 7, 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Continuing steadfastly in prayer, Ephesians chapter 6, 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So it's very, all through Scripture, we get these commands to pray, um, to be, con uh, be constant in, pray, in prayer, and so on. So this message, I want to look at six things. Firstly, the need for perseverance in prayer. Secondly, the command to persevere in prayer. Thirdly, the motivation why we should persevere in prayer. Fourthly, the content of uh, persevering prayer. And fifthly, the blessing and power of perseverance in prayer. And sixthly, persevering prayer and action. So firstly, let's look at the need for perseverance in prayer. Why is it that many Christians do not want to pray? Um, why is it that we do not always or frequently uh, seek the face of God? Um, now if you take this text in context, if you know the Sermon on the Mount, this, this passage um, we find in the Sermon on the Mount, 
we see that the passage just before it deals with uh, being judgmental, judging people harshly, condemning people in your heart when they do something go wrong against you. Before that passage in uh, Matthew chapter 6, we deal with anxiety. Jesus said, don't be anxious about the day of tomorrow. Uh, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and so on. And before that, Jesus was talking about laying up treasures in heaven. Do not lay up treasures on earth. Uh, other words, he was talking about worldliness. If you think about chapter 5, Jesus was talking about other things as well. If you think about what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, then you realize the great need for prayer because we as human beings get anxious um, easily. And we, we, we many times start judging people harshly in our heart because they do things against us. Or we have trouble with worldliness, with money. Money becomes too important. So Jesus, knowing this, uh, gave us this passage because He knew that we as people need prayer. We're in, in a desperate situation, even as Christians. If you look at chapter 7, verse 7 to 11, um, verse 11, He was talking to children of God. He was talking about to Christians, we can say. He said, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to children of God. If you're and he's talking about the Father, your Father. But he says, he's speaking to the, to the disciples and he calls them evil, even though they are Christians. And we have to recognize this. Even though we are believers in Jesus Christ, we have the flesh to deal with. Worldliness, anxiety, judgmentalism, all kinds of things. And we have a constant need to be on God, to seek the face of God. And that's the context of chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. We are in a desperate need. We are, in fact, every Christian is at war. We are at war with the world, with the flesh, with the world, with the devil. There are constant temptation coming our way. And if you do not spend a lot of time with God in prayer, you're going to fall. You're going you're to get hammered by the world, the flesh, and the devil. You're going to get hammered. And therefore, the, the, the most important thing is to recognize your need to pray constantly, to seek the face of God, to ask and to knock at heaven's door. That's the most important thing to realize. And I think that's one of the reasons why people do not see God's face and why they do not spend more time with God in prayer. Because they do not recognize their need. Um, you know, Psalm 121 says, I lift up my hands to the hills. Where shall my help come from? Uh, but we find many times we spend more time on YouTube and Facebook and social media than in prayer, don't we? Because uh, we want to know what's going on in the world. We want to be up to date with things. Um, or knowing, being up to date what the government does. Now, all those things, we, and we need to know in the times we know, you know, we need to be up to date about what's going on in the world. But we have to realize that we need God constantly. We have a need for His presence, a need for His wisdom, 
for His protection, for His guidance, for His mercy, for forgiveness, for cleansing, all the time, because we live in this world and we have enemies around us. So that's the first thing to recognize. We have a need for prayer, and we need God, more of God in our lives. That's the first thing. Secondly, the command to persevering prayer. Jesus said, in the light of what He has said before in the Sermon of the Mount, He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So Jesus makes it very plain. He says, The cure for your worldliness, judgmentalism, anxiety, fear, hatred, whatever it may be, the cure for that is to pray, to see God's face, to ask, to seek, to knock at heaven's door. That is the cure. Jesus gives us medicine. How to overcome your weakness. How to overcome the world, the devil, anxiety, fear. That is the key. The key is to ask, seek God's face, and knock at heaven's door. So, so what we see here is a command. Jesus commands us, and it's like, when you are sick, Nicholas at the moment is sick. When he's sick, you give him medicine. So when you are spiritually sick, when you struggle with things, the answer is to pray, to, to see God's face. And therefore, God commands His disciples, His people, ask, seek, knock. And He gives us promises as well. When you ask, you will receive. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be open. So these are not suggestions from Jesus. They are not recommendations. They are commands. You have to do it for your own spiritual welfare. Um, so Jesus commands us. And many times, you know, what we do is we, 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 we turn to God many times when we are in need. When there's a problem in our marriage when we don't have money, when we're unemployed, when there's a great need, then we run to God, right? Then, when, then we know we are desperate. But when will we learn? Yes, we should. We should, when times are difficult, turn to God, yes. But we should also turn to God when things are going well. G Jesus is not only there, God is not only there when things go rough. Um, so I want to ask you a question. How much time do you actually spend time with God alone in prayer each day? How much time? You don't have to answer me, obviously. Just answer, answer God in your mind. How much time do you spend with God in prayer every day? Every day. Um, think about the examples of David, Daniel, Ezra, Moses can go through church history, people that God has used, Luther, George Mueller, Spurgeon, and others. If you read stories like that of people, you, you realize these kind of people, they don't, didn't spend less than an hour with God in prayer. They didn't spend. Luther spent three hours a day with God in prayer because he said if he doesn't spend that much time with God in prayer, he cannot do, he cannot function. Uh, if, if life becomes to busy, you have to spend more time with God in prayer because things are going to overwhelm you. But I think two reasons why people don't spend more time with God in prayer is firstly, they don't realize their desperate need for God. Secondly, 
They don't love to spend time with God in prayer. It's actually sad. Why don't you spend more time with God alone in prayer? It's because you don't want to. If you really want to do something, you would. Um, so it is actually uh, revealing. Um, how much do you love God? Well, if you do, you will spend more time. You will want to be with somebody. If you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. Um, so that is actually the reason why we don't spend more time with God in prayer. Because we don't want to. But like Jesus says, the cure for, for prayerlessness or weakness in your spiritual life is to take the medicine of Jesus and to go to God in prayer and to ask and to see God's face and to knock at His door. That is the cure. That is how we progress. Our worldliness and our covetousness and our love for money will dissipate in the presence of the King of glory. If we spend more time with Him, our anxiety will diminish when we spend more time with the sovereign God because we know He's in control. He's with us. Our anxiety will become less. It will disappear. Um, our judgmentalism will be changed into love and forgiveness for others. If we spend more time with God in prayer, uh, our hypocrisy will be crushed in the presence of the Holy Spirit. If we spend more time with God in prayer, things will change. So that's the second thing. There's the need, is the command to prayer, and then the motivation. Verse 9 and 10. Jesus said, What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? You then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? So here again, Jesus is, is arguing from the lesser to the greater. If you are evil and do good to your children, and now if you are a father, if you are a parent or a mother, you know you won't give evil things to your children. You won't give them poison. You won't give them... Uh, evil things, you will give them good things. You want what is best for them. That's how you think. You, you want to give them a uh, you know, good education. You want to give them medicine when they are sick. You want to take them to the doctor when they're sick. You want to give them a healthy diet that they don't live off sugar all the time, stuff like that. You want, you want to give what is good for them, right? That's what a parent does. So Jesus is saying, if you who are evil give good things to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? So, Martin Lloyd-Jones says that's the biggest problem with Christians. He says in his book on the Sermon on the Mount, a uh, very good book, um, the greatest problem in people's spiritual lives is this. They don't believe that God is a loving, compassionate, and caring Father who looks after them, and looks out for them, watches over them, and has their best interests at heart. They don't really believe that God is good and loving and caring. And that's why they don't go to God. If they would actually believe that God is good, is a good Father, is a loving Father, is a compassionate Father, is a provider, protector, leader of His people, then they would go often to God in prayer. They would. So that is the problem. He says that's the problem. That's what Jesus is also saying here to disciples. Uh, God is more willing to provide, to protect, 
to, to care for you, to love you, to give you mercy, to cleanse you from your sins, that you are willing to be helped or protected or to be provided for and so on. God is willing, He's a good Father, and therefore we should often go to God. God has infinite resources. Let's face it. God has infinite resources. He's the creator of the universe, of the heavens and the earth. Everything belongs to Him. Everything. He has infinite resources. And if God is a good Father, then He will give you what you need at the right time. He will give it to you. God is uh, God. Is God. And, and if God is a good Father, and if He's your Father, um, then you can come to Him and you, will, you can... Be certain that He will take care of you, provide for you, um, and protect you and lead you. The big question is, is He your Father? That's the big question. Because not all people uh, are God's children. Not all people. Only those who believe in Jesus Christ, as the Bible makes clear, only those who are born again from the Spirit of God, who have repented of their sins, um, can call God their Father. They have to be adopted into God's family. But nevertheless, uh, this passage is for the disciples, and he says to them, if you are evil, if you who are evil give good things to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? So that's the motivation. That's why we have to, and that's why we should come to God and seek His face, because He's a good God. He's not angry with his children all the time. Yes, sometimes he disciplines us. We, are, we sin, we have to repent, yes. Uh, he disciplines us. But God isn't always angry with you. That's, that's a wrong view of God, if God is your Father. That's the third thing. The motivation why we should see God's face more often. Fourthly, the content. What should we pray for? The content of persevering prayer. Verse 9 again. Or which one of you, if his son asks for him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil now to give good things, good, good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So very clearly, um, Jesus says, the Father will give us good gifts, good things. So what should we pray for? We should pray for the good things. The good gifts. That's what Jesus is saying here. So what are the good things? The good gifts. What are they? That's the, that's the big question. What should we ask for, right? Because God invites us to come to Him, to ask, to seek His face, to knock at His door. What should we ask for? Mercedes Benzes? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, Nice houses at the beach, an island in the Pacific Ocean. What should we ask for? God, God, everything belongs to God, right? So what should we ask for? Now obviously, God knows exactly what we need. He knows, he knows that we need food, clothing, places to stay, health care, good education for our children. He knows what we need. There are physical things that we need, each one of us. God knows it. God is omniscient. He knows everything. But we should still ask for those things. He knows when we are sick, we should ask that He heal us. Yes, there are physical things that we need. 
every day. And God knows what we need. We can ask for those things. It is not wrong. It is not wrong to ask for those things. But there are more important things than physical things. There are, more, there are, more, there are better things. They are not unimportant, but there are better things than physical things. There are spiritual things. And what are they? Um, now, the same portion, if you look at Luke chapter 11, when Jesus gave the same commands to his, children, uh, to his disciples, ask, it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He says, he says in that portion, and how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? To change is the word. And Matthew says good things, in Luke he says, the Holy Spirit. And that kind of directs us to what the good things are. The things of the Spirit. Those are the good things that we should ask for, that we should focus on. The things of the Spirit. Because the things of the Spirit are eternal. They are lasting. They, are, they, they will never fade away. Those are the things that you should ask for. The things of the Spirit. Let your kingdom come. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from our sins. If you go back to Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, I think if you, those are the things of the Spirit. If you go to the, through the Beatitudes, I lost you, I did a series on the Beatitudes, or the fruit of the Spirit, because that's basically Matthew's, or Matthew's fruit of the Spirit, the Beatitudes. Um, and he mentions there, poverty of spirit, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for to them belong the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, who are broken over their sins, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness, for to you belong the kingdom of heaven. Those are the things of the Spirit. Brokenness, meekness, poverty of spirit, righteousness, purity of heart, mercifulness, peaceableness, um, all these things. So when we pray... Uh, think about the things that you are praying. And I'm, I'm talking to myself as well. Because many times I divert to just physical things, right? We are not always focused on the spiritual things. What should we pray for? We should pray for more of the fruit of the Spirit. We should pray for righteousness. God, help me to be more like you. Create in me a pure heart over and over again. Help me to be a peacemaker. Creating me meekness, humility. Those are the things of the Spirit. And when you pray for these things, God will give it to you. Because that's His will. Always. Always. Brokenness, poverty of spirit, mercifulness. He will grant you those things. Because that, those are the things that are eternal. It does not fade away. Those things are um, continuing forever and ever. The fruit of the Spirit. You know, Galatians 5 is 22, 23. Peace, kindness, goodness, love, joy, faithfulness, patience, humility, self-control. So when Jesus asks or commands His disciples, ask 
Seek, knock for the good things. Yes, he's thinking about physical things that we need as well. Yes, but think about the spiritual things that never fade away. If you pray for those things, God will answer your prayers. You will. Uh, those are the things that we should pray for. So that's my fourth one, the content of prayer. And we can add that the Lord's Prayer as well. Uh, the things there, but I'm not going to focus on that now. So the fifth point, the blessings and power of perseverance in prayer. So what we find in verse 7 and 5 are three promises. Ask, verse 8, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. They are promises from Almighty God. God cannot lie. He cannot lie. And He will answer. He will answer your prayers. Because He has promised, if you pray according to the Spirit, according to the will of God, He will answer your prayer. Because He has promised to do so. He will do it over and over and over again. And the more answer you see to your prayers, the more joy you will have. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus said in John chapter 16. So this is a command, but it's also a promise. God will answer your prayers. He will. He will fulfill His promises. And we have so many examples in the Bible, don't we? So many examples. Uh, Elijah prayed for three years and it didn't rain. And then he prayed again and it rained. According to God's command. Moses prayed to God not to destroy the Israelites. Remember, in the desert, when they worshipped the calf. And then he prayed, and God had mercy on them. Peter was locked in prison, and the church prayed fervently for, for Peter. And the angel came and opened the doors. There's so many answers to prayer in the Bible. Jacob, wrestling with the angel, you know, wrestling. God, I will not leave you until you bless me. And what happened? God blessed him. God blessed him. Uh, George Mueller, you know of the, um, the man who had the, looked after the orphans. He documents thousands of answers to prayer. Thousands. Because his mind was of the things of the Spirit. Caring for orphans. That was the things that were in God's mind. And he, he, he received so many answers to prayer throughout his life. I'm just thinking about my own life. How many times God has answered my prayers. When I was in varsity, um, when I was struggling with besetting sins, for God to forgive my sins, to countless prayers. With APC, how many times we've been in difficult situations? We cannot pass, cross borders. We pray God answers our prayers. Um, many times we've been stuck. In Nigeria, Tanzania, Malawi, in the middle of the night, in dangerous places, we pray to God, God opens the door and helps us. And I am sure if I ask you, you know, how many times have God answered your prayers, you would be able to probably tell me so many times God has answered your prayers. Now, many times God doesn't answer your prayer because you pray in the wrong way. Yeah, that happens, right? Sometimes God, because you're not praying according to God's will. But... The promises are still there. God will answer your prayers because there's power in God to change, to change people, 
to forgive sins, to change us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. There is power with God. God has infinite resources at His disposal and a legion, legions of angels at His disposal. If we ask according to His will, He will answer us. There's power in perseverance and prayer. And the, the point in this passage is this. Do not give up. Do not give up in prayer. Um, if you know these things are according to God's will, it will, God eventually will pull through. He will. If it is according to God's will. Sometimes you pray for 20 years for something, and then the answer comes. But if you know it's according to God's will, do not give up. The command here is to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and eventually the door will open. So that's the point here, is to, be, uh, to, is to persevere in prayer. That's the point. Last point. Persevering prayer in action. There's a famous Christian saying that says, pray and work. It is not enough to pray. It's not enough to pray. We cannot just pray. We have to work. God has commanded us to work. So we have to pray and we have to work. And in South Africa, I don't know about you, I don't know you that well, but many, this unemployment is rampant in South Africa. We don't even know, are we going to have a job 10 years, 5 years, 2 years' time. Things are, I just heard the other day, my brother might lose his job next year. Things are not always certain, right? So, so these promises, I believe, can be applied to other things as well. For example... You know that it is God's will for you to work. So if you're not employed, then keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking until the door opens. So these promises can be applied to other situations in life concerning work. Because God does not only want us to pray. You, we all know that. The Bible says if you do not work, you should not eat. We should all work. And we should pray. We should not only pray, we should work and pray. So this, so this passage, these promises also deal with other situations in life. Uh, for example, if you are unemployed and you can't find a work. Many times in my life I've been unemployed. And if you are unemployed, then you keep on asking until you receive. You keep on seeking until the... Uh, you find or the door is open. And so these promises can also be applied to other situations. So, what is God's will? <clears throat> and I think that's the key thing. If we pray according to God's will, 1 John chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, if we pray according to God's will, we have, his, we have the petitions that we ask for and He will answer our prayers. So it's very important to... Determine what is God's will, and we know God's will in the Bible, right? He knows. He has told us what His will is. So, uh, so if we pray according to His will, He will answer. God wants us to work. God wants us to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That is His will. Holiness, sanctification, that is His will. God wants us to overcome our lusts, our pride, he wants us to be pure in heart. That is His will. He wants us to gain assurance of salvation. That is His will. He wants us to 
gain victory over anxiety and other sins. He wants to provide for our families. That is His will. He wants us to labor in His kingdom. He's told us that very plainly. He wants us to use means to advance the gospel. So if you pray according to those things, God will answer. God will answer. God will give you. And when He gives, you must thank Him. So when we pray for these things continuously, persistently, God will grant your requests. Um, but we must not give up too easily. There is a great blessing and power in persevering prayer. I'll close off with Jesus' words. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you for such wonderful, profound promises in the Bible. Father, we pray that you would help us to seek your face, to ask, and Father, may we all experience that you fulfill your promises in our lives over and over and over again, that our joy may be full. Father, we thank you that you're a good father, that you care for us, you provide in our needs. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.